When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 2724, Jurassic Park and When Good Intentions Go South by Greg Audino of gregaudino.com. And I'm Justin Mollick. We're gonna get right into our next post as we optimize your life. Jurassic Park and When Good Intentions Go South by Greg Audino of gregaudino.com. Rather than leading off with a quote from a doctor of psychology, allow me to instead open with a quote from perhaps the world's most beloved doctor of archaeology, Jurassic Park's own Dr. Alan Grant, who so exasperatingly grumbled, some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions. There's at least a small piece of Dr. Grant shimmying inside all of us, and no, you haven't entered into some piece of Jurassic Park erotic fanfiction. To some degree, we all subscribe to the interworking of progress and discipline. And when this inclination is front and center, it's easy to disregard the value of good intentions if they don't directly translate into preferable outcomes. But is it fair to exhibit such transactional love towards good intentions? Are we so possessed by the hope they give us that we can't offer them compassion when they inevitably fail to deliver at one time or another? It hurts to be let down like that but do we have to turn our backs on the good guy? What if we committed to praising good intentions regardless of how they turn out? I understand that offering this praise can be challenging. Three reasons for this friction come to mind. Number one, our emotional attachment to the result is stronger than our willingness to provide positive reinforcement, our belief in the benefits of positive reinforcement, or our ability to separate the result from the intention. Number two, we don't possess the rhetorical skills necessary to speak in a way that differentiates between the result and the intention. And number three, we as individuals or the group or groups we represent are not in good standing with a well-intentioned person and they're motivated by rejecting or rebelling against positive feedback as delivered by us. And these troubles, of course, remain intact even if we are the well-intentioned people in question, on the precipice of either patting ourselves on the back for doing what we felt was best or scolding ourselves for not having better foresight. Note, all of this article's contents can be considered from both the standpoint of someone looking to offer support to others and the standpoint of someone looking to offer support to themselves. Well, as the applied behavior analysis folks like to advise, behavior goes where reinforcement flows. Consider, for example, how the mindful and beloved parent approaches their child's performance in school. If the child performs well, 
they're wise to complement the child's efforts instead of their intelligence. This way, the child won't be as prone to rest on their laurels and will instead continue to put in the work and produce decent grades. Now, if the child underperformed, but clearly made efforts to study hard, the parents should provide the same feedback and theoretically, the child's grades will improve. In the event that their grades do not improve right away, the feeling of acknowledgement from their parents will leave the child more open to finding different and more effective ways of improving their performance. What's consistent between both scenarios is a commitment to effort or intentionality. Should this commitment continue to be instituted, so too will a sense of comfort, and in time, both children will get the grades they desire. Our innate need to be both protected by and significant within groups hinges largely on the support we receive from others. The better supported we are for any given choice, the more likely we are to replicate that choice or perhaps more importantly, build upon it. Therefore, validating someone's good intentions is often a more successful approach to helping them maintain good intentions in the future than if we focus on a negative outcome caused by those good intentions, even if that negative outcome includes someone being ripped off a toilet seat by a Tyrannosaurus Rex. But in addition to maintaining good intentions, this social support also instills a sense of willingness to explore how these intentions can be better executed. When we're shown forgiveness for good intentions that lead to unwelcome repercussions, a bond is established and there's often a higher likelihood of wanting to make amends the next time around. So in short, supporting good intentions not only goes a long way in encouraging others to continue leading with them, but also propels people to explore how they can achieve better results. It's not just a matter of issuing kindness and understanding, it's also a long-term investment for the Dr. Grants and all of us who want so desperately to see safety and advancement. So was he right in saying that some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions? Yes, but that doesn't discard the fact that far worse things are likely to happen and at a more consistent clip if good intentions aren't praised separately from what they result into. And when these good intentions are properly responded to, they may very well lead to some of the best things imaginable. You just listened to the post titled Jurassic Park and When Good Intentions Go South by Greg Audino of gregaudino.com. Big thanks to Greg. Hopefully that name sounds familiar. He's the host of one of our other podcasts, Optimal Relationships Daily, which covers pretty much all things relationships from dating and friendship to marriage, parenting, and more, including the relationship with our own self. You can find Optimal Relationships Daily wherever you're listening to this. Good points here. A great idea to look deeper into intentions rather than results. And this can work in multiple ways, as Greg mentioned. So as an example, if you feel wronged by something or really someone, in the moment, before quickly reacting, if we can take a moment to pause and then reflect, what was this person's actual intention? It could really change everything your reaction, the other person's reaction to your reaction, and so forth. Maybe someone spoke to you in a tone that you don't like. That's the action, but what was the intention? Was it truly just to disrespect you or was it simply bad communication and frustration that came out, unfortunately, onto you? Granted, if it was intentional, that's not good. 
but I would think that most of the time it probably wasn't intentional and seeing that can make a world of difference. So thanks again to Greg for this one. Thank you for being here and listening and for following or subscribing to the show. And I'll be back tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.